The Russell has a good show for you in store today. Me, Lance, and Ooze are going to be talking about draft tips. Follow us on rosterupmedia.com for all the latest episodes. Outstanding. Welcome to the Russell, everybody. Our first Thursday show. Good evening. I hope everyone's doing well this week. If you haven't listened to our last show, please go back and listen. We had a very good mock draft, zero RB strategy, and we got ooze fired up on multiple occasions. It was good old entertainment. I think we're going to need a running list, guys, of basically you know, bets going on throughout the season. I think we're going to have a, is Jay, uh, Javante Williams going to be an RB2? Is Cam going to outscore Kirk Cousins? And will Rojo break a thousand yards, basically? I didn't have that one. That one, I, I'm not putting out there, but I, was, I would say that <clears throat> we will start board bets. So, like you said, bets between all three of us, and which are fantasy board bets. You know, we'll just so you know, put out there what our fantasy predictions are on, upon a player. Like CB, you were saying, one of my board bets that I like that I think I'm going to get Lance with, and like um, is if um, will will Cam Newton, who will have the more more fantasy points at the end of the season, Cam Newton or Kirk Cousins? <laughs> for me it'll be cam newton and I'll just let you know this guy kurt got already got covid you don't want to take he didn't you didn't want to get a shot i just saw his tweet that he wants to put plexiglass around him okay you know what that means <laughs> that man's gonna get the delta okay so uh i, I think i'm already gonna win that bet or you know our russell fantasy board bet but uh yeah, I think it's gonna be exciting. You know, you're, gonna, you're gonna need you're gonna need a pandemic level disease to make sure that Cam Newton beats <laughs> no Kirk shot, Cousins. No, no that's shot. what I just heard, and no that's shot. what everybody on the Russell just heard. Yeah. You need Cam no Newton shot. just Cam Newton can't do it on his own. His arm is gonna do it. He needs a disease. Mikhail here, Henry, uh Harry. Sorry, I said Henry. Harry is out there shining in camp. Cam is shining in the camp. Bill Belichick loving Cam. Okay, I ain't worrying about it. But yes, we will have we'll to worry when Nikhil actually actually does anything. We'll worry about that. Well, I mean, first of all, let's get Kirk Cousins on the field. I mean, that man going to catch COVID every two weeks. So, oh man, sure, you guys played sixteen game season. But let's get on to the news, guys. Do we have anything today, Ooze? Oh yeah, we got plenty. You know what I mean. <laughs> The NFL season starts today, boy. All right. We got the Hall of Fame game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys tonight, uh, 7.30 Eastern. Um, just putting it out there, you know what I mean? Big bets. Uh, bet the over. Over is at 31 and a half. I'm betting the over on this game. Um, definitely going to, you know, make you some money, but you guys won't be listening to this till tomorrow. So. Uh, we're gonna definitely put it out there though. Uh, uh over bet the over. Um, let's get to the news, like you said. Uh, Justin Jackson, it's fantasy relevance, right? Justin Jackson is taking second in command for um Austin Eckler in the Chargers offense. Um, we're talking about handcuffs, you know, later on in the show, maybe we you know, um, when you th- with this handcuff, Austin Eckler did go down with injury last year. You know, Justin Jackson taking the lead. That could be a good handcuff if you're looking to draft Austin Eckler early in the draft. Um, Preston Williams, he's coming off of the COVID list, right? Coming off the COVID list, maybe going to be the R, uh, wide receiver three, maybe two with, you know, Waddle being there. You know, Devontae Parker is still there. Um, we'll see the battle goes out for uh, wide receiver two. Uh, one thing that got, got me, well, it's, you know, funny, but – Let's not say it's really fantasy relevant right here, but uh, 
your boy RG3 is uh, going to be an ESPN um, reporter, broadcaster. He's still a free agent. You know, he, he wants to play still. I'm telling you right now, he will play this season. All these quarterbacks catching COVID, RG3, um, you know, Kirk Cousins. You know, so he, he that's what came out about today. Um, my big boy, Kenny G, Kenny the God, Kenny Galladay, okay? He's out for two to three weeks um, with a hamstring pull. Am I worried about it? You shouldn't be fighting on the field, okay? You, you out here dog pounding on your quarterback. Your power was in there too. Don't be doing that, okay? That's why you pull your hamstring, all right? You got the lineman on you. Now look at you. You're out for two or three weeks. But am I worried about it? No. It's a soft tissue injury. You know, he just has to rest for the two or three weeks. That's That means he's out for preseason. Not gonna, there's only three preseason games, so he's not going to play the third one. Um, but he should be ready for week one. Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk also came back for um, uh, returns to camp. He was injured a little bit, had a knock. Um, what else did I have? I think that was uh, like a little bit. I think that was it for at least. Uh, oh, Tyreek Hill did injure his knee today at, at camp. Nothing else besides that. Didn't give us a timeline, how bad it was. But, you know, but that's the news, people. We should get like I know one thing. We should get like a little like uh intro music for my for my uh, news. That'd be lit. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Yo, Cody, I know you're listening. Holla at your boy. So just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into today's episode, the meats and potatoes. Um, if you like I said, if you haven't listened to our mock draft shows and our introductory show, go back, listen. There's some wild stories in the first one. There's some great drafting in the second one. There's some awesome banter in the third one. And now we're bringing you two shows a week for the week of, um, for the month of August. And we got some fun, exciting shows coming up. Also, our writer, Neil O'Donnell, is pumping out articles. Catch out everything you can on Roster Up Media at our website, rosterupmedia.com. And we're going to be having um, a live draft for our very own first Roster Up Media uh, Fantasy League. We're going to do it on air, actually. Instead of having one of our mock draft Mondays, we're going to be bringing you a live draft. So that will be fun. I did the, I don't know if it was a mistake or good choice of putting Lance and Ooze together on the same team. We're obviously on two different spectrums of the fantasy world. Okay, so one of us are winners, and the other one is uh, I, I know for sure who, who who's which and which is the other. Okay, because I know my trophy case got stacks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say I think we do have a eighty five percent chance of winning this league. <laughs> I think the two minds of, you know, myself, big homie ooze and the law Lance over there, our differences might make us the best team. <laughs> I don't I know where so. this analysis came from, I, but I, I think so. I'll allow I, it. I, I think I think what we'll do, we'll probably argue a lot. Hopefully, you know, our picks are like 10 minutes per pick because I know we're going to be arguing on that first pick. I mean, oh my god, I can't even I can't even think about it. I think we're going to have to cut it down. Maybe I, not 10. Oh my goodness. I'll, I'll, I'll have to give five. When are we doing this draft order? Well, they're going to we're going to do that live on air. I don't know when I'm going to need everyone else to sign up because we don't oh. have everyone signed up yet. But Roster Media Network, please need, sign up. Oh, sign up. Neil, get your email right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Come on, people. We need we need to get this going because we need planning. Me and Lance need planning, okay? Because <laughs> we need to argue about the picks before the picks get there. <laughs> this is true. And this is why we're doing it live on air. Another thing we're going to be doing, um, we were actually going to have a high-stakes mock draft, but me, our fearless leader, Cody, and one of our good friends, Sammy, we're going to be actually doing a 
more earlier mock high stakes high stakes uh, draft, and then we're going to review the team on the show the following uh, day. I so looking to sign up for that too. Oh yeah, yeah. They have a bunch of slots, so it's not like it's going anywhere anytime soon. And we were even thinking about doing it like before the first game, like that you know, a couple of hours before. Yeah. So how much are you? Or how much are you guys putting in? It is three fifty an entry. A person. Um, per team. So we're gonna be splitting it three ways. Three ways? So it comes out to like one seventeen. One seventeen. Yeah. Oh man. For today's show, everyone, we've got some drafting tips. We're going to be providing you some tips on the show live today to basically you know, help you during your drafts, to make more sound decisions during your draft. And before we get started, I kind of want to give an example of a good draft to basically illustrate our points when we're making these draft tips. So I don't know if you guys got any good drafts, recaps from maybe last year or the year before, but I got one on deck just in case, you know, you guys don't. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you started off host. So me and Lance were in a league last year. A couple of my other friends, Cody, Sammy, who I just mentioned. And I happened to have the draft I have from last year. So took Josh Jacobs round one. I think I was near the back, uh, pick nine, I believe. Came back around, got Devontae Adams. Went back around, got Jonathan Taylor. Came back, got A.J. Brown. Was kind of big on Rojo last year, even though he didn't provide me a 1,000 yards. We'll see if he does it this year. 948. <laughs> and then D.K. Metcalf in the sixth. Kareem Hunt in the seventh. Zach Moss in the eighth. C.D. Lamb in the ninth. And then Josh Allen in the tenth. Mike Kosicki in the eleventh. And then a bunch of no name people in the back, but Boston Scott, Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, and then Matt Gay, kicker, and Rams defense. Basically, this team just like averaged, I think, 130 or something last year. Made a couple of trades near the end, won the league, and was the only team in double digits. So it's not an outstanding draft, but it did, you know, win me a title. And we're going to be telling you the tips we use to kind of draft the team something similar, if not better, you know. So let's get started. I'm going to start off with the first tip, and then we're just going to take turns uh, going through the rest of them. We got 12 total. We'll talk, spend a couple minutes on each one. So let's go. Tip number one. Learn and understand your league as best as possible. Know the number of teams, the format that you're in, uh, get to learn and know your other team member, like league members. Um, So what point this out to me, this drafting tip, and I'll be very quick about this, is my family league that I'm in. Um, First year I joined it, I did not read the rules. I maybe skinned them. I barely knew like, you know, the players, the like the league members um, because it was like my extended family and I didn't know how much they watched football on their teams and stuff. So then after literally one year and I think after the first game, I realized this was like a very high scoring league and I had no clue. Like bigger plays are more valuable You've got quarterbacks scoring like 150 points sometimes, like ridiculous stuff. Um, Points for 40-yard touchdowns, 40-yard plays. And if you have a bigger game, you get more points. So it was like less about touchdowns and just having a decent game versus like having a – like just an all-out just good yardage game. So it made different players more valuable than others. So after studying the league, learning the, you know, the league members, learning the format, 
I came back and was able to basically for the last past, uh, I don't know, I say five years, either come in first, second, third, or, you know, made playoffs versus that first year where I was almost dead last. So get to learn your, you know, your league as best as possible, understand, you know, the scoring system, all those things, and that, you know, better equip yourself when, you know, making draft decisions. Yeah. And I think it really helps, you know, like you said, knowing you, knowing your league settings is very important. Um, I think that helps with your draft preparation um, and it helps with your draft board itself know and your rankings so when you think about you know those extra 40 yard passes uh 40 yard touchdowns and 50 yard touchdowns gets extra this amount of points and all those bonuses you're thinking about maybe um let's say a Devonte adams um he's now he's gonna be number one but he, let's say you were thinking about getting a um dj uh, let's say DK, let's say DK Metcalf instead. DK might be your guy because I think he had more explosive plays than Devonta Adams. I'm probably I'm probably wrong, but you know you're, you're yeah, looking you at might those be looking. You might be looking at their average yard per catch as per catch. Yeah, their number and, of catches and even that, even that, yeah. even even the uh, the yak yards. You know, what I mean the yards after catch. You know, what I mean those count towards those touchdowns. So you know you're looking at those and targeting those type of players more than the average catch guy. So like that uh, Tyler Lockett, um, more of those PPR guys, because they're not going to get you the touchdowns, but they will get you the points. But the big play guys will get you more points because, one, they get you the bonuses, right? You want those bonuses in those leagues. But that's just, you know, you understanding the point system of your league and drafting accordingly. Lance, why don't you take the next one? Yeah, so the next one is um, rigid drafts are not what you want to do. Um, you want to stay loose, as C-Baby would say. You want to stay fluid. You want to stay within what you're trying to accomplish without being stuck to a certain player or a certain strategy because things unfold in front of you that are just going to change the way you think. And the way we did our draft just this past week where we did the no RB. One of the things was as soon as you fill up those wide receivers, your first inclination may be, let me grab a running back now. And I don't think that's what we ended up doing. We ended up looking, what's the best position still available to us? What's the best player still available to us? We don't need to rush on the running backs. We got people who believe in Ronald Jones is going to go for a thousand yards. So if we have those narratives with us, if we have what we're looking for there, we can be within what we're looking to do without being stuck to now we're in round six. We need this type of player. Now we're in round eight. We need that type of player. Or I have seen people walk into a draft with two to three people. They were, they were pigeonholing for each round. And then you see them frantically pulling their hair out scribbling all over the papers, asking people for draft average uh, ADPs so they can try and find players because they didn't think anybody outside of that group was going to be available, and they're no longer there. Those running backs are gone. Those wide receivers are gone, and now they're frantic because there's nothing there for them in that round. So be loose, have the information in front of you, and just make sure that you're comfortable with what you're doing but not being too rigid. Yeah. And and then, you want to give us that next and one? Then, and then the, uh, following up on that is, you know, you can be a risk taker in the later rounds. You know, that's where you, you know, plan for your sleepers. You know what I mean? Um, those bounce back players, those rookies. Um, for me, I like to do that on the seventh to uh, seventh and down rounds. Um, that way, you can establish those guys that you have on your board first before you hit the rookies. And then even for the rookies, you want to see which ones are in the prime um, situation. You know, you have the Jay Waddles you have, you know, first for a bounce, but for a um, second year player, you have Jalen hurts. You might want to take those running yards. Um, 
the uh, Javante Williams. You know what I mean? You like those guys. You want to be able to say, yeah, I think the Najee Harris is. He's gonna. He's not even like. Uh, uh, he might be going the first two rounds. You know what I mean? Like, so you want to be bullish on your players, and you want to stay with those players. And in late rounds, that's where you can win leagues. You know what I mean? When my my first year of grabbing Michael Thomas, I grabbed him in the seventh round. You know what I mean? And it was a keeper league. I could have to keep, keep him for two years. That second year, my man won me my league. You know what I mean? So, like, those those late-round flyers, those late-round rookies or late-round sleepers that you think, like, nobody's looking at them because they're probably on – the, the Bengals or they're probably on, you know, the Browns or whatever case may be, but you know, their situation is going to be, all right. I think mid season, he's going to be the number one mid season. I think he's going to get the hang of it as a rookie and he's going to hit the ground running and win me that league going into the stretch. And to illustrate on that point, just a little bit more in that draft, I just mentioned, Josh Allen, round 10, my starting QB, after I filled up with just RBs and wide receivers. Right. That basically won me my league, I would say, in that aspect, because I was having these great averages from wide receivers and running backs. But then Josh Allen, he was basically just another tier quarterback that was taken in the 10th round, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. a sleeper. Mm-hmm. And to touch on tiers, that is the next draft. I mean, yeah, draft tip, uh, tip number four. And you've heard us talk about on the show before different tiers. Um, I'm going to first define tiers, but the tip here is using tier draft based, uh, tiered based drafting as you're drafting throughout your, um, your drafts. So basically tiers, you're kind of grouping certain players in the same category, your running backs, your wide receivers, your quarterbacks, and you're basically drawing a line in the sand saying, okay, your tier one quarterbacks are up here. Then underneath that, you have your uh, tier two, and then underneath that tier three. And let's just say there's two quarterbacks in that first tier. You kind of want to draft with the approach and mindset like, if I get one of these two quarterbacks from this tier, I'm good. You're not necessarily picking a specific player unless you're real bullish on them. But if one of those quarterbacks go, say Josh Allen, and you consider Kyle Murray as a tier one quarterback, you're taking him or, you know, more so Patrick Mahomes. He's a better example. You're taking him as a pick versus say, you know, Josh Allen, because you're basically saying that they're going to have around the same amount of points this year. That's the type of mindset you want to have when you're drafting, because you can have a lot more players in the same tier and not get caught up with just singling out certain players that you think are going to be, you know, going to be good. Yeah. And then, you know, going into tiers, you're trying to, you're, it helps you navigate, right? It helps you navigate the draft because you can say, hey, you know, for tight ends, tier one, let's say for, like, for example, my, my, my tier one tight ends are Travis Kelsey, Darren Wallet, George Kittle, those three, right? Yep. Those three are my tier one. So if, if, if I have a chance to grab a tier one in any position and, all my tier ones from my wide receivers, my running backs, and uh, QBs maybe are gone. I'm going to try, and I can see that Travis Kelsey and George Kittle is still there. Let me grab a tier one player in tight end and then work my next step. You know what I mean? Now I can go to, all right, so there's still uh, our high tier two wide receivers or high tier two running backs. But I know that my tier one tight end is going to give me maximum points. My Travis Kelsey, my Darren Wall is going to get me, you know, a nice 17 points, hopefully every single week. My George Kittle is going to get me 15 to 20 points every single week. That's a tier one. You know, now I can move on to the next tier for another position. So it helps you navigate your board, you know, but also understand that 
you can find tiers out there. There's many tiers of, you know, fantasy bros, fantasy footballers, uh, pro, uh, pro football focus. Um, but you can also judge them on yourself. You know what I mean? You can have a tier one uh, of wide receivers that are completely different than someone else's, but make sure it's yours and you're comfortable with it. That way you can navigate the, the, the draft. Very true. All valid, good points. Uh, Lance, why don't you take the next one? This kind of leads into that next one, right? If you have those tiers clearly defined in your head, you can tell when this next thing happens to you in a draft. There's a run on a position. <clears throat> run on a position does not mean, okay, we have a whole bunch of people taking wide receivers in the first round. We've got three, four off the board. I need to take a wide receiver as it comes back around in the second round. Or in the example that I gave on our first podcast, there was a run on defenses in the middle of the sixth round. And so for the sixth round and the seventh round, four to five defenses went off the board. That doesn't mean that I need to now grab a defense because if I was looking at my tiers, my tier one and tier two defense, probably already off the board. But I don't want to look at those tiers anyway, because in the sixth round, I'm still thinking wide receiver running back. I'm still thinking what position should be there that I'm now getting at cheap, cheap ADP. They're no longer going to be those ones that won't, weren't going to be there for me in the seventh round. There are people who are still going to be there for me when it comes around. Same thing with the wide receivers. We may see a lot more wide receivers come this year in the first round and heavy in the second round. Well, they're pushing somebody out of the first round and somebody out of the second round. And likely it's going to be running backs. So are you going to be able to stack up on some of those positions? And in your type of team, in your type of draft, in your type of league, does it make sense to have two, three viable running backs? You need to look. Are you forced to start two? Well, then maybe having three running backs that you can start every week makes sense. But if you only are forced to start one, you may still think wide receivers is a place to go but there was a run on the wide receivers are the tight ends falling to me. It's George Kittle there. It's Darren Waller there. So you want to look at your tiers and look at what's happening in your draft to give you an idea of what's going away and not so you can jump on that position and overpay for somebody. It's to look at where you're getting cheaper deals in those other places. What do you, what do you think? Uz? Yeah. Like, I, I completely agree with you when, when it comes to that, when it comes to runs and stuff like that. And, you know, when you see a run, like Lance said, like you don't have to follow that run. You know what I mean? Like you don't have, don't be scared. You know what I mean? People, a lot of people, a lot of people like to say, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I'm a wolf, not a sheep. You know what I mean? Like, and you feel like you want to be a sheep when those wide receivers are coming off because you think, oh man, I can't get me, uh, a, a Tyreek Hill type of player or a Stephon Diggs type of player, but you're building your team how you want to build your team. You know what I mean? Don't let the draft dictate and the other players dictate how you draft just because you see so many coming off. You know what I mean? Be that wolf. You know what I mean? Be like, all right, cool. Like a lot of wide receivers coming off, but I'm two, I'm two running backs in. And there's not, there's, there's no, let's say there's no QB taken. Maybe I could take a Pat Mahomes here. You know what I mean? So I can certify that points. Maybe I could take, you know, a tight end here so I can certify that points. So yeah, like, you know, just make sure you're drafting your own position there and like, you know, not making those runs so intimidating. Yeah, so anyways, uh, thanks, C-Baby. Um, so after that, for me, another tip is the news. You know, you hear me about, you know, doing the news in the beginning um, about players that are fantasy relevant, injuries, COVID, um, uh, whatever case may be, how they're doing in camp, you know, if they're losing to a rookie or, or you know, they're not, you know, in tune or in shape, that – we do that every week because of the fact that it changes your draft. It changes your draft because of the fact that, hey, Kenny Galladay is out for two to three weeks. 
I might be scared to draft Kenny Galladay in the second round now. His ADP is dropping. You know what I mean? I, I might wait if, you know, another round or two because that's a soft tissue injury. What, is he going to, like, tweak it again and then now he's out for four weeks? You know, COVID, that's still an injury. You know what I mean? You, you, you're put on the pup list. You're put on a COVID reserve list for that. All right. They're caught COVID. Is it their first time? Is it their second time? Are other people getting COVID because of this? You know, so these affect your draft because you're you want to you want to prepare yourself for the beginning of the season. Now, and you know, we'll get probably in, into it more once once the season starts, but in season too, you know what I mean? That affects your waiver wire picks. You know what I mean? You want to be on that. You want to see after Sunday who like who is performing or who got hurt or what the case may be, or, you know, the rookie from um, the rookie Waddle came in and overtook Preston Williams' spot as a number two wide receiver. You know what I mean? That's – it's huge news. News is – you know, it, it happens in fantasy, happens in the stock market, happens everywhere. News affects things like that. You know what I mean? So when we talk about fantasy, we talk about these players, they're not, you know, all gold and they don't get hurt. They get, get hurt. So these things affect our future look on them, you know? So news, you always try to keep up on it as much as you can. If you have like Bleacher Alert, you have ESPN, you know, maybe you want, you know, tag your top 10 players to make sure that you like, hey, any if any news on them, you know, it comes to my alert on my phone so I can just look at it. You know, on Twitter, you can always, for me, I have Adam Scheffner, Ian Rappaport, um, Mike Giliafo as uh, alerts that come up anytime they tweet, you know, because they're in training camps, you know what I mean? They're in training camps and they're, they're watching it, they're getting the news, you know, by the Carson thing, Ian Rappaport, even before I'm a coach fan, even before Coach Wright came on um, and talked about it, they tweet about him maybe having surgery, you know what I mean? Oh man, I might not be drafting Carson Wentz or I'm drafting Carson Wentz as my second QB. You know, that's so that's that's huge. So when, when we're talking about that, news is big, you know, what I mean, so see, baby, what about the uh, multi roster considerations? On the last one I in my head, I thought I introduced you to do that tip. So my apologies, but uh, I won't do that again. This one's multifold considering it's multi roster consideration. Tip number seven, I'm going to hit you with a couple ones, but it's dealing with your roster, basically. A very common theme for a lot of championship teams in years past was late round QBs. I think that's now changed to maybe mid to late round QBs, hence my um, Josh Allen pick last year in my example team that I was talking about. But the reason for that being is you always start one QB unless it's a super flex and usually the margin of points between say the number one QB and the QB 12 is not that big between the let's say the margin of the RB1 versus the RB24 those margins could be much bigger plus you are um, starting usually two running backs and or a flex. So that could mean up to 36 potential running backs being started each week. So now with a lot more running QBs, I feel like, and you guys can chime in on this as well. I feel like maybe the late round QB approach is still kind of there, but you also have to consider the mid rounds as well, especially if the ADP is looking good on a lot of these players and someone kind of fell to you. Mm -hmm. So always, you know, stay fluid, like we've been saying earlier, and then always, you know, take a shot on somebody. And maybe, you know, if you're still trying to build your starting lineup and you're still in the sixth round, seventh round, unless there's like, the most appetizing type of QB pick available, say Patrick Mahomes in the sixth by some strange reason, then you might be able to just overlook quarterback until a later round. We did it on our zero RB. We didn't pick a QB till what round 13, I think. Yeah. I think it was 13. Yeah. I mean, I think we chose the wrong quarterback, but it's all right. 
another consideration is stacking. We've been mentioning that a lot. It's becoming more common. Um, definitely an approach on the DF side of things, DFS side of things. Um, it's something to worth considering because you just, it's basically getting an added bonus each time you score. So uh, we've mentioned it before, but for those that are new or forget, you know, you're taking a quarterback that's on a team and pairing them up with say a tight end or a wide receiver to give you more points on say a touchdown. Um, example, uh, last year, a good stack would have been Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Um, big plays, nice yardage, 40-yard uh, bombs, and you're getting, you know, four points from Russell Wilson's touchdown, six points from DK Metcalf's, you know, half-point PPR or PPR, you're getting either point or half of a point for that reception, and then whatever the yardage is for, say, you know, the touchdown, say 60 yard touchdown you're getting uh the passing yards the receiving yards the touchdown from russell wilson and the touchdown from dk metcalf so could be up to like 20 points right there off of you know one play so something to consider stacking it's coming more common especially when you know you're trying to win every week basically to you know be dominant and then kicker and defenses, always wait till the later rounds. Um, don't do what the people did in Lance's draft, taking defense in the sixth round and then having a run happen in the later rounds right after that. That's a big no-no. Don't do that. Um, and then lastly, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I'm, I'm you know, curious to hear, but I limit some of my positions depending on the league. Most normal leagues where you have your three wideouts and flex, not a super flex and not high stakes and not really a lot of um, points like uh, my family league that I described earlier, but more of your normal drafts, regular half point PPR. I like take one QB, one defense, one kicker and one tight end. And usually my bench is filled with running backs and wide receivers. So just something to consider, you know, if you're yeah, on like, like for me, I'll probably have two tight ends um, because if, if you're grabbing one tight end, it has to be like for my, in my opinion, like it has to be like a tier one. If you're just doing one, mm -hmm. um, if you're, if you're one of those are drafting tight ends at, you know, anywhere tiers two, you know, so you're, you know, Logan Thomas's or anything like that, and you're drafting them in like four or five, you probably want to pick up another one just in case because they're not going to be scoring you high points on a consistent basis. And if I pick one earlier, I can grab another one. Hey, I can put that in the flex. I'm running, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, 2006 is uh, – no, no, sorry, he and I as well, 2006. Uh, 2011, uh, I think he lost to Giants in 2011. But anyways, the two tight end set, you know what I mean? So – um uh, running probably like a Travis Kelsey and a Logan Thomas. That's a deadly. That's if you pick that up. I mean, I know your wide receivers are probably a little, little sketchy, but that's still a deadly combo. Um, but one QB usually yes, um, and then yeah, I'm stacking everything else is uh, wide receiver, running back. Lance, why don't you take the next one, and I'll come back and take the next one. Yeah. So <clears throat> over on roster, uh, you can see there's an article called The Way, part one. Neil's um, analysis on, on some of the things that he does now in his drafts. And the one thing that he brought up is brainstorming. And this is something that is very big in, in what I do too. Brainstorming, coming up with a narrative on, on what you saw from players towards the end of the year, what you saw from players in the playoffs, what you saw from players um, coming into this year to help you write down what you saw and what you expect and give you a kind of an idea of what you're trying to look for with these players. Another thing to write down with that is where you expect them to be in a draft. Yeah. You may be high on Matthew Stafford, but are you on high on Matthew Stafford? If you can only get them in the sixth round, are you high on those players? If you're trying to reach for them that early in the draft, when in reality, you may only want to take a shot at Stafford in the 13th, 14th round. Um, Coming up with that kind of thing is going to help you stay away from certain pitfalls. P 
people looking at Todd Gurley three years ago when those last two games of the regular season, he was pretty anemic to the point that they had another running back in there. And then in the playoffs, he wasn't showing up. And then in the Super Bowl, nothing again. Well, people coming into that next year were still drafting him in the first and second round. Right. And they were burned that next year because it was not a one-off thing. That's, that's what happened to his knee. He started going downhill, and those kinds of people got burned. Another one is Ryan Tannehill, two years back. He had a great second half of the year for the Tennessee Titans when they started making that run in the playoffs. And that second half of the year, he had more points than the highest quarterback uh, that scored that year. But you weren't going to look at it from a looking at for the full season because that first half of the year, it was anemic. He was not good on offense. He was Ryan Tannehill of the Miami Dolphins still playing for the Tennessee Titans. But if you looked at that second half of the year and were like, you know what, I think this is going to carry over, you would have had him last year, and he was great. He had top five in most leagues, depending on their uh, format. And for a non-mobile, non-high running yard quarterback, that's pretty high. That's not something you're going to get um, typically without running. And that would have worked out for you. So who do we think in this year is going to be the same way? Same thing, you could have made an argument for Lamar Jackson coming out on his second year. It's going to be an expanded offense. And if you were high on him, you would have drafted him in that second year, you would have been great because you probably got him in the ninth, tenth round, and he blew up for you because he was the number one quarterback that year. Or Kyler Murray, who was number three that same year. And in both cases, I came into the year saying, I'm not targeting the big quarterbacks. I'm going for these second-year ones. So that may be something I still look for this year. I want to build that narrative around some of these players. I want to look at where they're being drafted and say, where, where would I want this player? Uh, I'm going to look for them if they're still around in the eighth round and, and see what I could get. Or do I think this player is really ready for a breakout year and I'm willing to reach for him in the fourth? Am I looking for Dak Prescott coming off an injury in the fifth? Am I looking for a consistent quarterback like Russell Wilson? Am I looking for a running back that I think is going to blow up and stay healthy? So am I taking Jonathan Taylor? So that's what you want to do come up with a narrative and then start finding the pluses and minuses around that. Do they have a new offensive line? Do they revamp stuff around that? Or are you just going off of good feelings? Because you do want to, you do want to look for those negative red flags. You want to say, Oh no, 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 this person was good, but it might've all been garbage time. It might've all been this kind of scenario. Outstanding. All valid points. Next up is draft number nine. And this kind of ties into my first tip, number one. Um, if you're in a redraft league, you can kind of see the league's history of the winners, draft recaps, and probably other things um, in years past. And if you're like joining a league, I would most certainly do this where you kind of look at the history, see what league members are the same, see, you know, what players, you know, for maybe if you look back two years, see if they're consistent with drafting certain type of players and a drafting style they have, or seeing like, like I said earlier, my family league, you go back and look at the points that differ because the point totals in this league because of the scoring are so much different from say any league that I'm with Lance or ooze. So it's basically doing your homework and getting a better understanding of, you know, the league itself, the league members, which ties into, you know, number one, like knowing the format and understanding the rules. The more you understand the players and the league, the better off you'll be in certain aspects when it comes to trading and drafting. And maybe, you know, you got a Eagles homer, you know, on the other side of you. So, you know, you can wait on a player because you know he's just going to pick you know Jalen Hurts and earlier than he should be so those are things to consider you know checking the history of redraft leagues Ooze, why don't you grab the next one and Lance is back to you so you know mock draft on different platforms is one big thing you know I'm not going to spend a lot of it because you know 
they're all kind of the same. Um, you just want to, you just want to be um, very familiar with them. You know, ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, NFL, and Sleep Rap. Um, you just want to be comfortable on how to use these applications so that way when it comes down to draft time and you know you don't know you don't want to make those mistakes of man how do i draft this player do i have to click on them do i have to double click do i have to select them then look at the stats and then you know i mean you want to know how to navigate through these apps um and the only worse you threw them into your queue weren't paying attention and your queue is all not in order they ended up drafting somebody with that last second, the you worst. had no idea. The worst, you know. So just knowing, just knowing the platform you you're going to use this season is a must. You just want to be comfortable. It's like any other, you know, electronic. You just want to be comfortable in using it. That way, you can maximize, you know, your all the work you put in before the draft, and you know, put in put on the uh, pen to paper there. You know what I mean? So, um, Lance, you know, you got you know, tip eleven here. Yeah. So that kind of goes along with drafting, right? Have people in your league that actually care about it. Uh, I know we do get trapped into being in these family leagues, being in some of these leagues with high school or uh, friends from high school where they may have drifted away from the sport. You may be beating up people in that kind of league. You might be taking advantage of them thinking that, you know, drafting a Patriots running back in the sixth round is a smart idea. Um, that's not the kind of stuff that's going to make you better at drafting, especially when you start to get confidence and you're like, Hey, maybe I can do a high stakes league and then get in there and you just shown the door. They took your money and then you just kicked out. You don't want that to happen to you. So having the stronger people in there, it's going to, it's going to be iron sharpening iron. It's going to be you testing your, your skill, your poise, your drafting, um, all the prep that you've done for your draft, all the, the tiers that you made up against theirs and then seeing how it plays out in the regular season, seeing how it plays out with your returns at the end of the season. Did you make it to the playoffs? Sometimes whether or not you won your league, it's a coin flip. Plenty of times you get into the playoffs. Some of those high scoring quarterbacks just start disappearing on you. Those running backs are shut down for the season because they're already, they've already got their first round by, but, at least get yourself to a profitable position getting into the playoffs. That's going to be integral in doing that is doing it with people who actually care, who are going to be paying attention and are going to be fighting you for those waiver wires, going to be fighting you for those draft picks. Don't go against people who are just going to draft people like defenses in the sixth round. Go with people who are going to challenge the way you draft and the way you are going to think about your season as well. Do we have any other tips? Uh, I don't think so. But, uh, yeah, we got a bonus one, baby. And listen to us, okay? The, your Russell League, you know what I mean? Spotify, Apple, YouTube, you know, everywhere. Because we're going to help you, okay? We have experiences from different parts of life, okay? We will get you there, you know what I mean? Use our arguments, our analysis, our fun, our sadness, Look at our polls. Our Vote polls. on those polls. Okay. Keep keep trying to guess which one Lance said. It's probably the it's right probably, one. It's probably all of them. <laughs> but you know, when we talk about these things, there's these are these are arguments and 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 battles and debates that you're probably having with your own friends. So when you listen to us, you're like, oh man, that's a point that I didn't bring up, or that's a point that you know Lance uh, Lance brought up that my friend didn't bring up that. You know, I might be leaning more towards, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? So, you know, listen to us. That's the that's the bonus tip there. All right. Just a little this that's the tip. Those are our tips, guys. I hope you uh found this insightful. I really did. And you know, use this as you mock draft to help you prepare yourself for your real draft. And most of all, have fun um fantasy can be stressful the better you are at it i will say that but you got to take a second remember that it's you know for bragging rights 
money most of the time, trophies, and, you know, knowing that you came out of your draft right. Um, so have fun. Don't forget that aspect. And, you know, listen to us all season long. We will be bringing you in-season tips as the season goes on. So you'll have to stick around to get those tips as well. But that's our draft show. Um, stay tuned. Draft We're coming, show. I mean, draft tips. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. This guy This guy needs to get help. Exactly <laughs> right. He needs some milk. <laughs> he needs some milk. Get him some milk. So we're going to be back Monday with a mock draft episode, a multi-flex. This will be interesting. We'll be drafting separately. Um, yes, sir. And then we'll be back next Thursday with another good episode. Remember, people, tonight, Hall of Fame game. Be excited. All right? Football Maybe. is back. I'd be excited if they had the Hall of Famers out there playing. No shot. Um, (laughs) We we don't want them old geezers out there. Um, But, yeah, like Hall of Fame game. Football is back, baby. You know what I mean? Even though it's preseason, I will – I do bet on preseason, okay? I'm not going to hold you. I almost put in a five-team parlay for the next five games till next Thursday. Outstanding. um, If you need – hey, I'm going to – I'm going to – this is a fantasy show. But because we love you people, our fans, I'm dropping knowledge on the bats, okay? Fan duel, baby. <laughs> All right? Big bats Big bats baby. All right? But put it out there. First bet, I'm putting down the over 31 and a half. I will put if, – if I win the ticket, I will put it on our, our Instagram, okay? I'll bet stand. the over. I'm going to put a little baby 25, you know what I mean? I don't need to be putting crazy. It's the preseason, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know, Zeke's playing. Big Ben is not playing. That kind of hurt my over a little bit. That kind of hurt my over a little bit because I doubt Big Ben's going to play at least one series and that hopefully you get that touchdown that first series. But it's the Dallas Cowboys. They're trying to sling it out there, okay? So Dak's not playing. Big Ben's not playing. Not too worried about it, but give me over. 31 and a half. 24. 24. 24, 20. 24, 20. Dallas. Give me the star. Give me Jerry Jones. Okay. Bet the over. Let's get it. We out, baby. Russell League, we love y'all. Have a good one, guys. Join us next week. Peace.